This is Ball Court, World of Basketball. I am Coach Drew. Yup, the king is on his revenge tour. Melo the God is back. And yes, we have an actual goat in the building. Stay right here on Ball Court. Hi, I'm Coach Drew, and this is Ball Court. Welcome back. And we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Yes, the king is on his revenge tour. And this is... Year 17, hashtag wash king. So let me tell you what this washed up king is doing right now. 33 points against Atlanta. Oh, and they beat Atlanta 122-101. Now, mind you, Lakers have the best record right now in the NBA. Not just in the Western Conference, in the NBA. 14-2. and two. Stop and think about this. They are 14-2, and two and they are still rolling. They beat you any way they can. They beat you with defense. They beat you with spectacular offense. They run the floor. They cut in. They go get it. They, everybody's out there for one reason, and that is to win. But you call the king washed up. Look at him leading his men into battle. Let me tell you, 122-101 over Atlanta. These are their last three games now. Now, during that game, the King, who was washed up, 33 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds. Most of you could pray to be that washed up. I'm going to tell you, if I was that washed up, I'd be in the league. Boy, 130 to over 127 over OKC. That was a close one. They were playing against Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a maestro out there. He moves the ball well. He plays great defense. So it's not something that they were going to be able to walk through. And that shows you the strength that OKC still has in the West. But it wasn't LeBron that had took over that game. And this is where they're versatile with the Lakers. Everybody can step up. There's always a killer on deck. If LeBron's not giving it to you, somebody else is, such as AD. Anthony Davis dropped 33 points in that game. He had 11 rebounds and 7 assists. Dominating, dominating, dominating. And yes, that wasn't it. I'm talking 109 to 108 over the Grizzlies. Now, this is a tough one because John Morant is playing out of this world right now. He's on a whole different level. He's probably one of the best and at the top of his game. So I'm telling you right now, I feel he got my bid for rookie of the year. So, yes, the potential rookie of the year went up against them, and they attacked, attacked, attacked. They fought against LeBron hard. LeBron had 30 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Now, let me tell you what LeBron has been doing, just so you can get a level of understanding what he has been doing over this time. LeBron right now, he has the most triple, he, actually he's the only person in NBA history who's ever had a triple-double against every single team in the NBA. Washed King, huh? Man, how could somebody be that washed up? Good job, LeBron. Keep on doing what you're doing. Proving those haters wrong. I guarantee when you're hosting that trophy and everybody's looking at you while you carry the Larry around, they're going to understand one thing. The king is here. The king is here. Yes, he is. Now that we spoke about the king, let's go ahead and speak about the God himself, Hoodie Mello. Mello returns. And yes, it has been a great thing to see. 
in game one, hitting that first three-pointer. I got chills when I saw that. I was so happy to see Melo come back. When I saw that three touch that headband, I almost cried. And I'm going to tell you the truth. He looked even better in game two, going 18 points, going three of five from three-point range and seven rebounds. Clearly, he belongs here. This era of basketball is still Melo's era. This is the era of big man basketball who's positionless and can guard everyone, but still can stretch the floor and shoot the three. <laughs> you might as well have said this is Carmelo Anthony era of basketball. He's 6'8". He's strong enough. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a lethal defender, but he's strong enough and a, and a capable enough defender where he's going to stop. You know, he's going to give you a couple minutes where he's going to get some stops. He might not get a lot. He's not going to dive to the floor. He's not that kind. He's not a Patrick Beverly, but guarantee he is a capable defender. Matter of fact, he can stretch the floor three or five from three-point range. He does what he does. Now, with that being said, the Trailblazers still are struggling since, you know, Carmelo Anthony's came on. Now, I'm not saying it's Carmelo's fault because they were struggling way before he came on, but it's, they're still going through a rough patch. Now, the beautiful thing about it is that the blame is not falling on anybody. They understand what they had to go through. They understand that there's going to be some tough times and some tough games. As a matter of fact, going losing to New Orleans, 104 to 115, New Orleans is a straight fire team. You know, Holiday is one of the best guards that you have out there right now. Lonzo Ball plays very well. You have Josh Hart. You have a quality team within New Orleans. So, with that being said, you can understand that loss. 129 to 137 over Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee was uh, uh, Milwaukee was a tough fight. They got the they got the MVP. Milwaukee went out there, they crushed them. They played hard, and then 104 to 110, they took a loss to Cleveland. Now that's the one that concerned me. Going into the game, they were five and eleven. Cleveland was four and eleven. It was a battle of the eleven lost teams. I was hoping that with the quality that they had, that they would go ahead and pull it out. But they didn't. It's okay. We're still working through that process. Now, with that, I know a lot of you are thinking to yourself, well, maybe if Paul Gasol comes back after foot injury, this could turn things around. I'm sorry to inform you that Paul Gasol has been waived. The injury wasn't healing as fast as they expected. And they thought it would both be in best interest of Paul Gasol and the Trailblazers to go ahead and move forward. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the next story. This one's a tough one for me to report on. Yes, Kemba Walker was injured in that game against the uh, uh, Nuggets. In that Denver game against the Nuggets, he played... Um, now, Kemba Walker, mind you, he has been the catalyst to the Celtics, leading the Celtics at the time prior to the injury, leading Celtics to uh, the second-best record in the East and the third-best record in the NBA, you know, behind Milwaukee and the Lakers. But after that, they've slid a little bit. That's okay. That game was a tough game for them. They saw their leader go down, and that was hard for them to go ahead and complete that game. They lost it 92-96 to against the Nuggets. Not taking anything away from the Nuggets, because the Nuggets is one of the best young teams that is coming out of the West right now. And that's not something that you could take lightly. 
So you couldn't go in there without a Kemba Walker thinking that, okay, if Kemba goes down, we're going to go ahead and make it. So it was something tough that they had to bounce back from immediately on the fly. But it wasn't a blowout game, so it wasn't like something that they didn't do. They kept the fight in there. They looked really good throughout that game, and it was something that we were happy to see. Now, I'm not a Boston fan, clearly due to the fact that I am a Lakers fan, but I do want them at their best when we meet up against them. I definitely do find that the Celtics are going to be probably the number one team coming out of the East, fighting against Milwaukee, and that's going to be something that we hope that they could accomplish beating Milwaukee so they could show up against the Lakers in the finals and make it feel like the 90s all over again and have my children and myself all smiling as we dance around and we hear the garden screaming again like, Magic, I'm going to beat you, Magic. Magic Bird's going to beat you. The good old days of basketball. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> let's go ahead and move on. Before I move on, though, I do want to report that uh, uh, Kemba Walker is did sustain a sprained neck. He is day-to-day. At this point in time, he's looking at doubtful for Monday's game. But he is day-to-day. They got some further tests that they are looking at. But he's looking okay. So that's, that is some good news. He was carted off on a stretcher during that game, so it was kind of a scary moment for everyone. But it, the good news is, like they said, it's just a sprained neck. There's going to be some more. Um, they are looking into it a little bit further as of today on Sunday, but it looks like he's going to be doubtful for Monday's game. All right. Guess what time it is? It's time for that episode, the greatest episode alive. Yep, Brody and the Beard. Houston fans, yes, they thought the experiment would not work, but it's working. It looks like it's working, at least. You're not winning every game, but you're in every game, and every game is looking amazing. And plus, Russell Westbrook is playing like Russell Westbrook. James Harden is playing like a man from out of space because I have no idea who this person is. I'm telling you, against the Clippers, yes, they lost against the Clippers, mind you. 119 to 122, but I'm not even going to start this show off talking about the Clippers because I'm a Lakers fan, and they're the second-best team in L.A. The stats, numbers don't lie. Anyway, we got a king. So like I was saying, right, the Clippers won 122 to 119, but James Harden won over the night. He had not won but two four-point plays in the second half. One early into the third quarter, just pulling up, getting the hit, hitting the four-point play, dropping the foul. Now, mind you, he's already three steps behind the three-point line. Got fouled and dropped it. Then, then this one was the most beautiful one. Under two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Actually, just slightly under two minutes. It was about like 159 or so, but it was in the fourth quarter, off of a sick dribble move to get past Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly tries to dive to get in front of James Harden. At the same point in time, Paul George is diving to get at James Harden. Both of them run into James Harden and he hits the shot. He's like a man possessed. And still, Russell Westbrook is killing him. Coming down in the same exact game, powering down just like Russell Westbrook does 
raised up like he was about to tear down the rim because you know that he has a vendetta against rims. I swear to God, he has stock in the metal that they use to produce rims because every time he bends one, he's making himself rich. Because I'm telling you, that's the way he goes at these rims. The way he jumped up, we thought it was going to be. Then he finger rolled it, but it still was beautiful drawing the contact and hitting the shot. They didn't call it, of course, but still, it looked great. And let me, mind, let me remind you, there was 37 points scored by James Harden and 22 points scored by Russell Westbrook. And that is similar to a regular Russell Westbrook game that you would have at this time in the season. So, the experiment may be working a little bit for right now. But let's see how it works when it comes to the playoff. If they're going to be that kind of experiment, that's going to win them a championship. Now, they also took a loss to Dallas, and they played phenomenal in that one. And, and I know you're wondering why. Why did they take a loss to Dallas playing as good as they did? Because James, James Harden had 32 points. Russell Westbrook had 27 points. And Clint Capella went 20 for 20. 20 on 20. What I mean by that, he had 21 points and 22 rebounds. He went straight up beast out. You know, it reminds me of a young player that we have that uh, played in a, uh, you know, a certain Arizona game out in Phoenix that plays for me that went 17 and 16. But she wasn't playing against NBA players or WNBA players. They were pretty good, but he dropped 21 for 20. He had 21 points, 22 rebounds. Now, with a stat line like that, you're thinking, what could have stopped them from winning a game with somebody killing it like that? What? We'll talk about it more when I get back. I want to thank you, Oberon Ballcourt. Stick around. This is the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. Let's go ahead and take a break. to ball court i am coach Drew. this is the world of basketball and to answer that question his name is luca legend yes luca Doncic is the reason why with a stat line like that the rockets could not beat dallas i'm telling you he had 41 points six rebounds 10 assists and let me let you know this he is just not putting up 41 points like that he's doing it in james harden fashion the reason why I call him Luca Legend, because I definitely could believe that this is the second coming on Bird. He's accurate. He's detailed with his passes. He's patient. He works at it, and he is zero athletic. It's like none. He's not athletic at all, and he's still able to do this. How? As a matter of fact, let me let you know where his name falls. He is one of the youngest athletes to ever get a 40-point triple-double. He did it at the age of 20 years old. The only other person who is in that category who did it at 20 years old is a king named LeBron James. See how we get him into every segment? It's amazing. Anyway, it's that, <laughs> like, Luca has been lighting it up. He's been a storm since he came into the league. Now, I could understand why Real Madrid wanted to hold on to him during that time, and he's been throwing on anything he can right now to show off. Just to let y'all know, yes. Yes, you did see him in the Curry 7s during that game. You saw it. Yes, your eyes was not lying to you. 
with him rocking the green one and then Seth Curry rocking the pink one. Yes, that's what you saw. And no, he did not break any deals. As a matter of fact, as of October, his contract with Nike had expired that he had for two years. And so that was one year back in Real Madrid, and it just rolled over to his rookie season. So since that contract has expired, he's going to be testing out different brands and different shoes. But that doesn't change anything because he's still lighting everybody up. Luca, what a legend. What a legend. Now, against the Warriors, let me tell you. This was a great one. Now, the reason why I feel that this is a great one, I'm not saying the Warriors is a great team by no means right now, but they are a scrappy team. They are a fast team. And with Luka, that's one thing that he's not is fast. It's something that you think, this might be an advantage. We might be able to stop him. And the Warriors did just that. They held him underneath 40 points. So he had 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. But they held him under 40. Congrats, Warriors. Keep up the good work. <laughs> All right. Now, the next person that was lighting everything up is Zach Levine. I'm telling you, he was shooting everything. He was killing it. He had 13 threes in this game. Yes, Zach Levine went absolutely crazy. 49 points over the Hornets. And this was a close game. Let me tell you, this was a close game. 116 to 115. And if you love basketball... If you love the big shot, if you've ever sat in your driveway at 6 o'clock at night before your mama called you in for dinner and you're sitting there counting down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 and shooting from every corner of the driveway, even on the neighbor's lawn, which he told you not to go on and tell you going to call your mama if you went up and went on there, but you still went on there anyway just so get that 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 and you hit the shot and you feel crazy good, you're going to absolutely love this story that I'm about to tell you right now. Zach Levine. After putting up 46 points, which the fact of the matter that he didn't play the night before because they benched him and he still came back and dropped 46 points was an amazing night enough. But off of a steal, getting the ball back, running to the corner, knowing that the time was running out, having presence of mind. Yes, I said that. If anybody saw that Reggie Miller documentary, you'll understand what I mean. But he had presence of mind to get behind the three-point line and shoot that three. Boom. 49 points. And the game-winning three-pointer. 116 to 115. He had my blood moving. I'm talking, I was shaking watching this game. It was so exciting that the whole reason that we had to create a second segment for the NBA was just to make sure I got to tell you about what Zach Levine did. That's how exciting it was. Congratulations, Zach. I think Chicago Bulls is going to be tough. There's a lot of parity in the league right now. And maybe that little tampering snafu that happened last season, which is no longer taking place now because there's no more tampering in the NBA, but maybe that snafu worked out very well. And now there's no more taking place. Nobody could leave. So now... The NBA has parity once again. Every team looks great. Or maybe these guys are just stepping up. It's just beautiful. But next, I want to go ahead and speak about Logo Trey. Yes, I know last week I had a completely different nickname for him. But I'm going to call it, let me let you know why I call him Logo Trey. Yes, Trey Young is now pulling up from Logos. Not 
a logo, not the logo. In Atlanta, he's pulling up from the logos. Yes, the half-court logo, the three-quarter court logo, he's pulling up from everywhere. He's going to make sure that you can see every single advertisement on that court. He is lighting it up, dropping his second career triple-double against the Raptors, of course. And let me let you know, the Raptors are the defending champions. I know even though Kawhi is not dead, they are still the defending champions. You must respect them, and that's why they took the win. I'm not saying that the Atlanta Hawks took a win. I'm talking about how great Trey Young is playing. He got his second career triple-double, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And like I said, he was pulling up from everywhere. How do you pull up from the logo at half court? He was had his foot on the beak of the Atlanta, of the Atlanta Hawks symbol. His foot was literally on the beak when he shot it. This is amazing. This is the level of competition that we have right now. I understand that right now, Seth Curry, is, I mean Seth Curry is at home nursing a broken shooting hand, and we all—I think no—I'm sorry, nursing a broken left hand, and we all we're all looking at it. We're sorry. We thought that we were going to miss out on the heroics of watching a Steph Curry-like performance with him out. But, thankfully, Trey Young has heard our cries and he has answered. He's put on his cape and he said, I'm going to do my best Steph Curry impression until he gets back or until we make the playoffs. We'll wait till Steph Curry gets back. <laughs> I want to go ahead and go into my next segment. This is a segment that is dear to my heart due to the fact that it started with Melo. But we're going to go ahead and continue this segment. Why isn't Jay Crawford signed? All right. Today, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what my opinion is currently on why Jay Crawford isn't signed. Now, from week to week, this segment is always going to change. The opinions might change. I might bring on different guests that might tell me different opinions, tell me different viewpoints of why he's not signed. But we want to make sure he gets signed. So we're going to touch base on this, and we're going to keep it going. All right? Until he gets signed. So please, if y'all don't want to hear this, sign him. Please. So I'm going to go. And I'm not talking, like, to, like, you know, a China team or anything. I want him back in the league with Melo. Now, I ask you, why is he not signed? Jay Crawford, one of, one of the most prolific scorers of his time, you know, he did do some great things. Even in the Drew League, he was looking great. But still, he seems to be left off of an NBA roster. Where can he fit in, people ask. You know, could he be with the young teams? Is he part of that young style of play that's currently going on? Why Carmelo Anthony before Jay Crawford? He could score just like Carmelo Anthony. Because as a matter of fact, Jay Crawford was one of the king of the four-point plays. But still, he sits sideline. He knows he could play. He knows he had that ability. But why is he still there? It baffles him. It baffles others. Here's my thinking on it. Jay Crawford, as talented as he is at scoring, he probably lost probably a step or two. But even with a step or two loss, he's still probably better than most guards out there. But the new NBA and the new style of play is that it's positionless basketball. Jay Crawford is not one of the strongest players, nor one of the most beefy players. He's not a solid player like a Carmelo Anthony that's going to say, okay, you know what? I can bump the grind. I can switch off. I can play defense on anybody. These younger players are now more solid. They're doing better things, bigger things. You now have people like Giannis pulling up from three and still taking, what, 
taking steps, like five steps between the rebound on one side and then the shot on the other and still be able to pull up from the three and keep the jump. You got Joel Embiid now pulling up from the three. You got Cat pulling up from the three, Carl Anthony Towns. So it's a different league that we're playing in. Now, with these bigger leagues, these bigger players and more solid players, can Jay Crawford provide a level of defense that's going to be needed in order for them to go ahead and move forward on any team? Could he compete with some of these young guys who do have the athleticism that he now lacks? But they're still able to shoot threes because that's, that's the new big thing. Jay Crawford still can shoot threes. He'll still be able to get a bucket, but is it going to be as consistent that he can grab that bucket like how he used to? These are the questions that goes on in that office. Remember, it's still a business. It's got to be a business, and it's going to be that way. So as a business, they're looking at it, is Jay Crawford strong enough? Now, that was the opinion that was actually given to me. That was there, and I had to think about that. But I thought to myself, there's got to be a place in which Jay Crawford is actually going to fit in. My thought process is it's going to be with the Lakers. I think Jay Crawford would actually fit in with the Lakers because he had minimal to do on defense. Look, look at it. Dwight Howard, and his, his sole thing, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard is grab rebounds, play defense. They don't have to do anything else. There's no thinking process. They don't got to carry a team. They don't got to worry about anything. Grab rebounds, play defense. So you add a Jamal Crawford, you could get... You could get Avery Bradley a couple minutes of rest so he could come out and play the lethal defense that he's been playing. Right now, as it stands in the current NBA, yes, the door is closing for Jamal Crawford. But a great team that he'll be able to fit with would be the would be the Lakers. Now, I've heard that the Sixers would probably be okay, but I think the Lakers would have more of a value that they could use around him where he would actually be something that he would be able to be have a little bit of a spotlight to him. So hopefully somebody hears this, like the Lakers, and they sign Jamal Crawford. And I think another great thing about having him, his style of play that causes the four-point play can neutralize your little brother's team, you know, Patrick Beverly, playing on the Clippers. So... With, you know, I'll put him in foul trouble, get him jumping around, and then everybody's upset at him, and then voila, he's done. So that's my that's the segment on Jay Crawford. Hopefully he gets signed off of this. If not, we're going to keep on doing this every week until he is signed. And I will also be having a little specials, making sure that we work at this. We're going to get this together for you. All right, but I want you all to stick with me. This is Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. I'm coming right back, and we're going to go into the next segment, College Style. Stick around. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. I want to thank you for sticking around with us. This has been an awesome show so far. We still got some great things to come up. Like I told you, there's a goat in the building. Yes, stick around, stay with me, stay with me. Now, now I'm going to go ahead and jump right into college hoops because this is that time of year. A lot of teams are first coming out playing their first game in the season, and a lot of teams were looking at saying, okay, what's going to happen? How are they going to shape up? We saw what happened with Evansville. We saw what happened. We saw what took place there. So we want to know how is everything else going to shape up? So, 
Well, let's talk about Ole Miss and Memphis. Yes. Everybody thinks that this Memphis game was the most anticipated game. And the reason why is not because who was playing, it's because who wasn't playing. James Wiseman. And everybody knows, and we've all been following the story about James Wiseman, that he right now is in academic, not academically, but he's ineligible to go ahead and play. Now, he, did, he was able to go ahead and work out a deal with the NC2A where he's going to be suspended for 12 games for this season. And they will, and then he will be able to come back and play, barring that he does have a donation to the NC2A for $11,500. So I think you taught him a valuable lesson, NC2A. Very good. That's the punishment that we are looking for. As long as they're willing to pay, they can play. Good job. Taught us all a valuable lesson. So... Let me go back to that game. So James Wiseman didn't play, so you sit here thinking to yourself, who could have played? And I'm going to tell you, that game was absolutely precious. Yes, precious and Achua, he came out and he played. He balled. I'm talking 25 points, 11 rebounds. He was out there. Now, this was a close game. This was a game when you needed somebody of that caliber to step up and take over the game. Ole Miss is not a pushover team by no means. Even though they don't fall on the rankings right now, they are still not a pushover team. 87 to 86 over Ole Miss, and they did it without James Wiseman. When he gets back, he's going to, after that 11-game suspension, I guarantee you they're going to be able to be in a position that they're going to be making a run. And if they make a run by the tournament time, it is absolutely all over for y'all. This is going to be amazing. Now, another thing of amazing that we want to go ahead and talk about is, I, I'm not, and I'm not too sure if everybody heard about this, Leslie University went to go ahead and play Miramac. Now, Miramac, just as every other uh, team, for their first game, they normally play a nice little school to come out there so they could beat up on that school a little bit. You know, they want a tough game. That's what happened with Evansville. Evansville went out to uh, Kentucky. Kentucky had paid them to come out there so they could beat up on them. But Evansville fought back. It made a great story. But there are those certain stories where it doesn't work out in this fashion. So Division One Merrimack was playing Division Three Leslie University. Now, Leslie University is not only just a Division Three Leslie University. They're 0-7 Division Three Leslie University. They have not won a game throughout their whole preseason. They have not won a game this year. They are struggling. Even last year, they were a struggling team. But still, Merrimack chose them to play against as a Division I school. So let me go ahead and tell you the exact points of this. It was 110 to 16. This was absolutely insane. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for that building the, uh, building the confidence of your team. You know, we're all here to compete. We are all athletes. We got to go at it. But the leading scorers for Leslie University each had four points apiece. And those are the leading scorers. Do you really think that they were on your caliber? You think you couldn't find a better team than an 0-7 Division three, and you're a lower-level Division one? I, myself... Think that is kind of embarrassing. And it's not embarrassing for Leslie University, it's embarrassing for Merrimack. That they could not find a team that they were guaranteed that they were going to be able to beat except for Leslie University. 
I'm hoping that their season is absolutely filled with teams that they're willing to play against and play hard. Because not all of them are going to be a Division three zero and 7 and one of them are going to remember. And I guarantee you, at that point in time, that's when you're going to realize that you're going to get smacked too. So, yeah, and, and let me go ahead and break something else down for the college hoops also. Let's get back to Evansville. Let me tell you how monstrous that win was, just so you can put it in perspective. Since that win on Kentucky, they have gone 0-3 against every Division I opponent. Understand? So that day they showed up and they played hard. That was the most unexpected win. But when you go ahead and you go with a Division Three against a lower-level Division One, it is shameful that you could even have those people in your building and want to play a game, much less to turn around and continue going after it's almost it, to make, create a 93-point lead. That is absolutely insane. But I'm going to go ahead and take a break. I want y'all to stick around with me. When I get back, I told you there would be a goat in the building. And yes, I'm going to have C.J. Watson here with me. He's going to hang out. We're going to be talking about his new book coming out. C.J.'s Big Dreams is coming out on the 26th. He's going to tell us where you're going to get it. He's going to tell us a lot of information about it. He's going to tell us how it works. Stick with us right here on Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is World of Basketball. back to the world of basketball and this is ball court and I am coach Drew sitting to the right of me we have our guest as I told you last segment that he's gonna be here this is CJ Watson how you doing today good how you doing I'm doing wonderful and I know everybody's wondering what is CJ doing here and if you remember the last show when we spoke about our favorite segment which were Ron this is goat moves we spoke about his book CJ's Big Dream, which is going to be coming out on the 26th of November. But I want you to come here and tell me about this book. Tell me what's going on. Uh, this book is something I've been working on for the last like uh, five or six months. Uh, it means a lot to me because it's uh, basically just about my life story. Uh, it's a kid who grew up in Las Vegas, you know, uh, not in the greatest neighborhood, but always uh, had big dreams of making it big or just making it uh, to the NBA and this kid followed his dreams no matter what stipulations that was set on him and uh, made it come true. Excellent, excellent. That's, uh, that's inspiring. Now, I know uh, from what I know that it wasn't a direct route for you to get to the NBA. There was a lot of things that you had to prove yourself. Is this book goes into that or it talks uh, about it? I, I know it's going to be a kid-friendly book, but yeah. it talks about it in a kid-friendly way. Well, I can't give you the whole deficit of the story oh, because there's, right, there's, right. Different, there's different books coming out so that's going to lead up to the grand oh, finale. So, But oh, this one is serious. just a just a little uh, introduction into how, how my life got started, how I had dreams of playing in the NBA and it started when I was young, just like any young kid and watching TV or watching uh, their favorite uh, NBA athletes and just wanted to be one of them. Awesome. So this is going to be a series. Yeah, a series book, yeah. So this is going to be a kind of book where it's going to be able to grow, actually, with the kids that are yeah. actually reading it. Yeah, with the character. So that's that was the plan of, you know, uh, I didn't start out as, you know, straight as an adult. So I started as a little kid, and mm -hmm. those dreams started when I was small, and they kept growing and growing as I got to high school or college and eventually to the NBA. So. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, this is something that I really, I really like, especially, you know, nowadays – 
when we read our books and the kids that look like me, look mm-hmm. like you, we want to see our characters in the books, our right. characters be the hero. Yeah. And I think this is going to be awesome. Now, I noticed that, uh, you know, it's a story by C.J. Watson, but the author is Tamika, uh, I'm sorry, Newhouse. Uh, Tamika Newhouse. Yeah. Yes, Tamika Newhouse. <clears throat> and Tamika, uh, why'd you select Tamika Newhouse? Uh, well, one of my coaches that I actually uh, used to play for, he wrote some books and I went to him for some guidance and just said, hey, I, I have an idea of writing a book. I have some great stories and uh, I just need some help. And he told me to go independently, but me going independently man, meant I would have to do everything on my own. So I needed some guidance and some leadership in that mm. in that field since I've never wrote a book before. So I just said, I need some help. I can't do it on my own. So I went to her. He uh, told me about her and I went and talked to her a couple of times and we just said, might as well go out and do it. And she uh, sounded like a great fit. Excellent. So Excellent. That's a good good fit. Uh, it sounds like a great fit. You know, yeah. Tamika, Tamika, a, a great uh, African American author. Yeah. You know, doing her thing and this story about CJ's big dreams. I, I'm excited about it. Mm. I'm excited about it. Can you tell everybody where they can get it? Uh, they can get it at cjpens.com, cjpens.com, or you can go to my Instagram, which is quietstorm underscore thirty two, and the link is in the bio. You can purchase it on Amazon now, or you can just wait till. Tuesday, November 26th, to catch it. Excellent, excellent. Now, outside of CJ's Big Dreams, I know that your foundation that you do have here locally in Vegas Mm -hmm. has been doing a lot of big things. Mm -hmm. I just wanted you to touch base on that just a little bit because this is GOAT moves. (laughs) I think that the book itself is a huge GOAT move. But with the foundation and all the things that it has done, I know that um, friends of mine, uh, athletes that I've trained, participate in the camps mm-hmm. everybody has a blast they talk about it yeah i i watch and see all of those videos it is is crazy fun mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit more about it uh, it's a foundation me and my parents started uh back in 2009 uh, like i said i had inspirations of being in the nba when i was a little kid and growing up i thought my goal was to if i ever made it was to give back and just be productive and show these kids in the same neighborhood that i grew up in that you can make it and there is positive things that you can do uh, with your life, and uh, that's what we do with our foundation. We have two or three events every year. One is a free basketball camp for the mm-hmm. kids. Uh, we have like 120 kids every year. And then we also have a Black History Essay contest during Black History Month. Uh, we fly kids out. We fly the winners out to D.C., and they get to meet uh, their state representative and tour the White House and things like that. And we also have an out-of-school program, which is the second and fourth Saturday every Every Saturday, every month, and they teach kids about STEM projects, uh, exercise, being healthy. Uh, they cook uh, meals every day by a chef who teaches them. So it's, it's pretty fun for a couple hours. That is amazing. That is amazing. Absolutely. And now you see why I picked him for GOAT moves. This has been an absolute GOAT in his credibility. You've played in the league. You've played in the big three. You can hear about the story. Watch it grow with them. This has been CJ Watson. I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate today. you. Thank you. Thanks thank for having you. me. Thank appreciate you. It. Thank you. Come back because you know sometimes we're going to be talking about a lot of basketball stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely want you to come back, hang out with us. Yeah, that'd be great. And and you were. I heard that you was on one of our sister shows. That was awesome with Sequoia. Oh, Sequoia, yes, yeah, she's she's the she's the queen goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I love having great people represent Vegas. Mm-hmm. This has been an awesome experience. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Come it. on back. Thank you. Dude, this is Ball Court. We're going to be right back after this. Yeah, stick with us. World of basketball.
welcome back. Welcome back to the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. And yes, yes, what you saw was real. I told you we'd have a goat in the building. That was goat move, man. That was an amazing segment. Man, I'm so happy he came by. But still, remember, CJ's Big Dreams. He told you where you could get it at CJ Pens and Amazon and anywhere you can get those books that's found. Check that out. I'm actually going to get me a copy. I'm so excited. I did not even know it was a series. That's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. But let's go ahead and go ahead, jump right into it. Like I said, this is the world of basketball, so we're going to talk about those teams down under. Yes, the, NLB, the NBL 20 has been lighting up, and I'm not just speaking of, you know, LaMelo Ball. There's other players there that is absolutely amazing as well. Now, Melbourne United was able to pretty much trounce the Bullets. The Bullets has been kind of, what's a good word? Brisbane Bullets this year has been on and off. They've been great in one week. You hear me talking about them. I'm hyping it up like, man, this is going to be a big thing. And then in another week, they fall. Not saying Melbourne United is not one of the top teams right now in the NBL. And they are. So, of course, a lot of people are going to fall to them. But in this manner of 108-94, now, let me tell you how they did it. Romello trembled and dropped 25 points. That seems to be a trend today. 25 points. Everybody's getting 25 points. You get 25. You get 25. You get 25. And Trimble, he got 25. Six rebounds and six assists. So he was moving the ball. He was, uh, he was cleaning the glass. And he was putting up buckets. Maybe that's one of the reasons they won. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Melbourne United seems to be a solid team right now. And who's going to be the ones that's going to knock them off of that throne? We'll find out as the NBL goes into the next round. And... We'll see who knocks who knocks it off for the NBL 20. Now, the Adelaide 36ers, they were, how should I put it? They were a host to the Sky Sport Breakers. And they did more than just host them. They put up 117 points. Sky Sport Breakers had 100 points. So a 17-point victory. This is... How should I put it? For lack of a better word, embarrassing. These are professional athletes. The NBL, as I told you all year, these are some of the best level athletes. I'm going to go ahead and dare I say it, they are the second best league in the world. I hands down stand for that. And I'm going to tell you right now, to get beat by 17 points is absolutely insane. And guess how much Eric Griffin scored? No, it wasn't 25. But it was 24 points. He's still put up still putting up buckets. And he is shooting at 84%. 84%. That's video game numbers. And that's if you're really good at the video game, too. That's not like, you know, standard person video game numbers. So I'ma tell you, Eric Griffin right now, he's he's showing out. As a matter of fact, a lot of these teams are showing out and doing some big things. There are certain teams that are starting to fall to the wayside. They're starting to build up more and more losses. Ilwara Hawks are usually hanging on to like a five, six-point loss every single time. They're hanging in there, but they're just not closing out these games. And as you can clearly see, if you're not one of those teams that's going to close it out, you're going to be in a fight for that whole time. But, you know, that's the world of basketball, and that's how it goes out there. 
It's some big things that takes place. So I want y'all to stick around. I'm going to be right back, right here on the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. I'm glad you've been hanging around. I know we've had some great things taken off this show, and we got some more. Yes, this is our favorite segment. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. Come on, come on, come on. Let's kick it. Yeah. All right. So, on the Let's Kick It line today, we got some big things taking place in the sneaker industry. Yes, I let you in on the little things that was going on with Luka Donage, but... There's a lot more that is going on sneaker-wise right now for basketball and off the court as well. First, I have to give a shout-out to Royce O'Neal. Yes, Royce O'Neal, one of the most amazing sneakers of the week. I'm telling you, came out with the Zoom Freak 1 with the old-school Utah jersey. Oh, that looked bad. I'm going to tell you, if they release those, I know those are custom, but if they release those, I'm going to be on that right away. Those are, those are absolutely amazing. One of the most fire shoes right now. And I have to say for the player shoes that we're going to speak about this week, that is going to be the player shoe right there. But we're going to move on because you know what I'm going to talk about? I want to talk about the shoes that we're going to wear off the court when we're styling. After I beat you and I put up 30 on you, I want to make sure that I'm going to look good when I'm walking away with your girl. So let me tell you what I'm going to be wearing. Yes, I will be wearing the Nike Air Force One SBs. Not, the, not just anyone. Yes, the new one that has been now designed by Zion Thompson. Take a look at these. These are absolutely beautiful. Look at that pink bottom and the white trim. I'm going to tell you, these right here are some of the smoothest shoes that you're going to wear. Kind of that rose gold style. I will, I'm not, I'm, I feel safe to say that if Azaria was here, she would say that these are the most amazing, amazing Air Force Ones she's seen. That's how good it is. That's how comfortable I feel about these. And you know, sometimes we differ on taste. So I feel that comfortable that these is that fly. Definitely something that you're going to want to wear with, you know, probably with, if you wear it with a black pants, you know, nice little cool thing, nice little white button up, cool little tie, throw in a jeans jacket with the rose gold studs on it. I think that'll bring it out. It'll make it look fly. Now, since we're going to talk about the Air Force One, we're going to stay on that train. Now, my next sneaker that we're going to talk about for the chilling is for the person who likes to play outdoors. For the person who shows up at the ball court, puts up 30, you know, like me, and then want to leave the court looking fly and want to make sure that you're leaving the correct court. Yeah, Nike Air Force One are now coming out with a New York City Parks and Recreation brand. It's going to be released with the different, on the tongue, it has the patches for the different Parks and Recreation the different patches. On the back is, is marked Park and Recreation and NYC. When you take a look at these, so look at the bottom of this. These multicolor zones, it reminds you of the pink crush from the Dane Five. This is an absolutely beautiful shoe. The leather upper on it 
It's something that's classic to the Air Force One, and it's something that you're going to see for a long time to come. Now, I have to say that this is the pick of the litter for, the, for us this week. Outside of that great one by Royce O'Neill, and that is a beautiful shoe, but this one here is one that we're going to be able to pick up. It is custom because you're going to make it custom. You're able to collect the different patches, put them on the tongue, rock them in different styles. Here you go. Now, that's going to look fly. Now, if you don't know what to wear those with, because they are black Air Force Ones with the color sole, if you don't know what to wear those with, there's nothing I can do to help you. This, this segment is absolutely not for you. All right. Because those are just too fly. You can wear those with whatever you want. But now i got some news for you in the Let's Kick It segment. Yeah. We got Let's Kick It news. Let me tell you, the way of weight. Everybody's thinking, what's the new shoe coming out with the way of Wade now that Dwayne Wade is no longer playing? But guess who is now the new face of the way of Wade? D'Angelo Russell. <sighs> yep, that is correct. You heard correct. He has left Nike. He didn't resign the contract, and he has gone with the way of Wade. Now, as you can clearly see in the video that was posted on Dwayne Wade's Instagram, he spoke about how he chose D'Angelo Russell because it mimicked his style. Now, I am not saying that Dwayne Wade is wrong because a lot of what Dwayne Wade does, that shifty style, then turn around, hesitate, go to the basket, hesitate, look for the pass, set up the three, D'Angelo Russell does as well, but just not in the same fashion. But hands down, those shoes is fire. I would definitely rock them, especially that pink at the back. I think that's a whole different level right there, that pink and the blue. Way of weight, I will definitely rock that. I like the shoe. I definitely like the shoe. And speaking of people who got signed, Kelly Oubre signs at Converse. I know, you didn't think I was going to say that. You thought I was going to say something like Nike or Adidas or somebody else. But yeah, he got signed at Converse. Now, his reasoning behind it that he didn't go with one of the bigger companies is that he didn't want to be just another person. He wanted to stand out and do his own thing. Now, Converse is going to be giving him the freedom to go ahead and develop something of his own. I want to go ahead and see it. I want to see what it is because me, myself, I know the last time I actually wore a Converse basketball shoe that I actually liked was the Dwayne Wade. So I want to see what Kelly Oubre got in his tent, see if he can put together something that looks good and make us want to kick it. And guess what? That's the segment. Let's kick it, uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's kick it. I want y'all to stick with me, though. Because guess what? We're going to be back with Why You Ball. We're going to talk about some of these young ballers. Ronnie James. Yep. Stick around with me right here on Ball Court. Back to ball court. This is Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And this is our final segment, Why You Ball. Yes. The Why You Ball segment is dedicated to the young athletes that are coming up that are not on that level yet where they're getting paid, so they're not in college. Anyway, <laughs> see what I did there? Anyway, so they're getting paid or anything. And so we want to go ahead and showcase some of these amateur athletes that are doing some great things. All right, so one of our first athletes that we're going to go ahead and speak about is, yes, Ronnie James. 
I know you're saying the only reason we're speaking about him is because we have to speak about LeBron James in every segment. That is absolutely wrong. The reason I'm speaking about him is because Sierra Canyon has been on fire. See, if you have your ESPN app that you are using, you've probably been burning it up all weekend watching Sierra Canyon do some of the most amazing things in basketball. Outside of the fact that, you know, Bronny James is coming off the bench and that tells you the level of talent that is on that team. And because Bronny James is not a bum. He's coming off the bench and you're like, man, this is amazing. As a matter of fact, their first high school game, the thing that sparked it was LeBron, Bronny James' first shot reminded me of LeBron James' shot in Miami when he was playing with Dwayne Wade. It, Zaire Wade came up at the wing, the same place that uh, Dwayne Wade passed it from, hit LeBron James in for the corner three-pointer, just like they did with Bronny. It was absolutely amazing. It gave me chills just to watch that. And making that his first actual uh, high school point, that was amazing. But the reason why we're highlighting him today is not just because of that three-pointer. The reason I'm highlighting him today is actually he successfully got his first high school dunk in a game. Yes, in the same tournament that they're playing right now in San Diego, with everybody going, uh, doing some amazing things out there, we're going to speak about more of that later, that he stepped up and he dropped his first dunk in that game. And that dunk was absolutely amazing. Everybody jumped up. Everybody reacted. Unfortunately, LeBron James wasn't there, but Dwayne Wade was in attendance, and he was just as excited. I'm telling you, that's a strong family. It takes a village. It takes a village. And that village is raising some great ones. Zaire Wade, they're raising Bronny. It is absolutely amazing. But that wasn't the best freshman that was playing that night. The best freshman so far that's been playing in this tournament was Mikey Williams. Mikey Williams' first game in Right now, his first game in high school, he dropped 41 points in that game. He came back to the same tournament that Bronny was playing in last night, and he dropped 50 points in that tournament with Dwayne Wade sitting not three feet away from him while he is lighting everybody up. This kid is something to see. Right now, I definitely understand ESPN does not rate freshmen. And we can understand that. But he is forecasting to be one of the top sophomores going in to his class. And I'm going to tell you the truth, hands down, he's probably going to be one of the best in that class and the other class. If you really want to go ahead and rank him in a junior class, he'll probably be one of the top five there. He proved over the last two games he is not just this awesome dunking YouTube and ball is like sensation. He's not just an overtime sensation that you're going to be able to watch on your Instagram every now and again just dunking on somebody that, oh, that was nice. He's more than that. He's a passer. He's a shooter. He creates for himself. He creates for others as well as he has amazing hops. I'm talking, he jumps up there, he go get it. And this young boy, I remember when I told you, remember when I told you about him in eighth grade coming out here to the Bigfoot Hoops, lighting people up, clearing out gym. This young boy is killing people right now. He is absolutely one of the most phenomenal freshmen. And it's going to be my pleasure to watch him, at least for the next four years. And then he's going to be a paid athlete, so, you know, we're going to have to buy a lot more tickets to watch him. <laughs> Especially if you go to school, if he stays in California, he'll be awesome. It will definitely work out. And these were the two people I wanted to go ahead and highlight at this time on why you ball. 
the reason I highlight these young men is that they're going to be future stars, but right now, in their young age, they definitely need to be highlighted. I want to thank everybody for hanging around with us here at Ball Court. I want to thank CWN Sports. They keep on putting me on every single week, and I'm happy with that. I'm glad about that. I want to thank C.J. Watson for coming out today, sharing his dream and the book, C.J.'s Big Dream. I want everybody to go ahead and check this out. This is going to be at cjpens.com. You go ahead and grab yourself a copy. I'm going to go ahead and grab a copy. This is an amazing thing. So much inspiration in here. It is unbelievable. You know, from a child to the NBA, this is going to be great. I'm excited about it. I can't wait for my kids to read it. Thank you for coming and sharing that with us, CJ. Also want to go ahead and have y'all follow and watch Fusion Sports. Take, take a look at them. They're doing some amazing things. And yes, the Blitz is killing it. Still check them out. Check them out. We're going to go through some changes with it, make it nice, polish it up. But it's still going to be that great content that you've been looking for and that you've been receiving. Keep on, keep on subscribing. Keep on following. Join the movement. We're getting bigger. We're getting better. We're right here. My name is Coach Drew. I want to thank y'all for sitting with me. This is Ball Court, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Ball Court with Coach Drew. World of basketball. Now go hit the showers. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.